I'm focusing on the the word glory this morning. And I'd like to I'd like to just simply open it up and I'd like for a few of you to share with the rest of us your definition of glory. Come on, speak up. Awesome beauty. Who said that? Okay. Thank you, Tyler. Someone else? Shining forth. Okay. What else? Supernatural. Okay. Anyone else? Come on, one more. Divine beauty. Okay. And there was... Okay. I found it rather interesting that as often as the scriptures refer to glory, that most commentators that, that I observed anyway had a hard time getting a definition together for glory, especially when it comes to the glory of God. And that's what I was was referring to, especially and didn't clarify that. But um, what is the glory of God? I did come across one definition, but it still seems to just leave a few things hanging for some reason, at least in my mind. And here here is what I what I came across. The glory of God is the infinite beauty and greatness of his manifold perfection. Now you expand on that. The glory of God. The word glory is used many, many times in the scriptures. It's used in the Old Testament and the New Testament alike. I'd like for you to turn with me to 2 Corinthians. We're going to look at just a few verses in chapter 3 where it focuses on glory. And um, if we can just grab a hold of some of these things this morning, and then I I want to not only talk about the manifestation of God's glory in the Old Covenant and then in the new, the new Covenant as well. And what it means to us today and then how it is to affect my life, the glory of God. And one more question for you before we get into this. How did man, generally, how did man... In the Old Covenant, how did they respond to God's glory? The revelation of His glory. How did they respond to that? Quickly, tell me. They were afraid. What else? Alright, it, it, they responded in worship. But basically, it struck fear into their hearts. 
And I was just, and, and I knew that, but as I went through this again, they were afraid of the glory of God. There is only one, there's only one record in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, where someone wanted to see God's glory. Who was that? That was Moses. The only one that is recorded. Otherwise, otherwise, as far as I can tell, there was no one else that wanted or they desired the presence of God. But somehow it seemed in the Old Covenant they did not fully understand. And, and you know what? Even in the New Covenant, we cannot fully comprehend and get a hold of the glory of God. But at least it's opened up to us in a measure that was not displayed in the Old Covenant. I'd like to read a few of these verses in chapter 3 of Second Corinthians. And then I would like to read a few verses at the beginning of chapter 4. And I hope this, and I, I want to use this as a foundation for the thrust of the message today. Paul goes back to the Old Covenant and he rehearses what happened when the, when Moses was leading the children of Israel. Moses had a tremendous responsibility and there were times that he fainted along the way. But, Moses was able to be in the presence of God, but that somehow it was somewhat veiled that he could not fully see that. Now, God took him up on the mountain. Remember that? God took him up when they were had been delivered from Israel, uh, from Egypt. God took Moses up on the mountain. And you'll read that in chapter in Exodus chapter 23. And you'll also see a bit of that then in chapter, I think it might be chapter 30, um, where it talks more about the glory of God. And then in chapter 33, in Exodus, is where Moses asks to see uh, the glory of God. And he, he wanted to see his face, but he was not permitted to do that. But, um, when Moses went up on the mountain... In chapters 23 and 24, and he was in the presence of God. When he returned, what was that evidence that he had been in God's presence? Someone that is 15 years old or younger. What was the evidence? I know you're over. You're not. Okay. What was the evidence? 15 years old or younger. What happened? To Moses. That was evidence that he was in the presence of God. He was shining. Alright, his face was glowing. And it refers to that in in this in this chapter in chapter three. His face was glowing because he was in the presence of God. But what how did the people respond to that glowing face? Someone tell me that. Anyone? They were afraid. They were afraid. Okay, they were afraid of that glow. 
And so what did Moses do then? I know it's just, we all know this story, but I want you to get a little picture here. He veiled his face. What happened to the glow that was on Moses' face when he was no longer in the presence of God? It faded away. So why? There was a twofold reason, apparently, why Moses veiled his face. And that seems to come through here. The people did not want to see that glowing face. They were afraid. In the Old Covenant, they were afraid of the expression of the glory of God. Now, well, we'll have to keep going here. So as that faded, then that was symbolic of the Old Covenant fading away and the New Covenant coming in Christ, who is the image and glory of God. As Jesus is, so is the Father. He is like the Father. So the glory of God comes through in the presence of Jesus. I want you to notice this in verses 17 and 18 at the end of chapter 3. Now the Lord is that Spirit. And this is following... We had more time. Just, Just read it for yourself. Just absorb this whole chapter and get this picture. But now the Spirit... Now the Lord is that Spirit and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty or the freedom... I think in this context, it's the freedom to gaze at the glory of God. We can, in the New Covenant now, because of what Jesus did and is, because of who He is, is what is why He did what He did. He was the only one who was able to do that. Okay? But, we all, with open face, an unveiled face. We do not have to gaze at the glory of God with fear. We gaze with an open face, not veiled. Okay? We don't have to look and we don't have to gaze at the glory of God in a veiled way that is so difficult for us to understand it. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. Then what happens? Are your Bibles open to this verse? I want you to look at it unless you know it by heart. Let's, let's just repeat verse 18 together. Everyone together. But we all with open face I think you can do better than that. Okay, come on. Let's, I want you to grab a hold of the concept here, not just saying the words. This is contrasting what measure of glory was available to the Old Testament people and what we have available to us now. Do you see that? 
Maybe we don't even know what the glory of God is. Is that what? Is that what it is? Okay. All right. I want you to repeat this verse together, and I want you to allow it to get a hold of you, and the the, the tremendous privilege of gazing, seeing the glory of God. All right, together. But we all. Okay, how do we see, or where do we see the glory of God today? It was glowing in Moses' face because he was in his presence. But when he was out of God's presence, then that faded. And it was gone after a while. I don't know how long it took. But after a while, it was gone. But now contrast that. This is the contrast between this verse and the rest of this chapter. But we all with open face. Listen. Where do we see the glory of God today? Where do we see it? In Christians, where else? It's right here. It's in His Word. It's the exposure of His Word to us. By His Spirit, He opens up His will and way into our lives. We see the glory of God. We don't see Jesus, but we see the Word. Jesus is the Word. We have opportunity with an open face, an unveiled face, to see the glory of God. What does that look like? God expresses His character to us through His Word. And then He says, You are to be like My glory. Is that impossible? To be like God? I want to read a couple of verses in chapter 4. Please follow along as I read. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. But having renounced, and here is the effect. If I allow the presence, the glory of God in my life, if I allow it to do what it's designed to do, I renounce the hidden things of dishonesty. Not walking in craftiness. Not handling the Word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But our gospel, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of those which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. But we preach Christ. We preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, darkness hath shined in our hearts, and I want you to get these words, 
God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. I want you to think of this contrast. In the Old Covenant, they only saw a reflection of of what God's glory was like. There were evidences in the Old Testament where God opened up Himself to people. But it's not like it is in the New Covenant. In the Old Testament, there was light, there was fire. Remember when Moses again, when Moses was up on Mount Sinai, there was fire, there was light. It was, it created what kind of a reaction in people's minds when Moses was up on that mountain? When there was thunderings and lightnings. What did the people do? They reacted to it. They were afraid. In fact, even when Moses came down off the mountain after his face was glowing, they were afraid of him. The glory of God was something that they feared in the Old Covenant. Mount Sinai. Ezekiel. Sometime, just, in fact, I think I'm going to take you to that. And give you a glimpse again, uh, give you just a glimpse here of what the glory of God might have looked like in the Old Covenant. Ezekiel chapter 1. I'd like for you to notice a few verses there. Ezekiel 1, verses 26 to 28. And above the firmament that was over their heads. Now, it's the wheel within a wheel and all that kind of description there in the first part of the chapter. Above the firmament that was over their heads was the likeness of a throne as the appearance of a sapphire stone. Sapphire, sapphire, what, as I understand it, is something that is extremely reflective. Okay? It just emits, it, it just glows light. Was the likeness of the throne as the appearance of a sapphire stone, and upon the likeness of the throne was the likeness of the appearance of a man upon it, and I saw as the color of amber, as the appearances of fire, round about within it, from the appearance of his loins and um, down upward, and the appearance of his loins even downward, I saw as it were the appearance of fire, and it had brightness round about it. This figure that Ezekiel saw was clothed in light, clothed in the in a fiery light, extreme light. Over and over again in the Old Covenant, when God showed Himself, it was some kind of intensely bright light. What about the New Covenant when Jesus came? Someone tell me, what kind of light, what kind of light was was evidence when 
the birth of Jesus was announced. What was it? It was a star. Light. Something that caught attention. And probably intense light. Now, throughout Jesus' life, everything that he did brought life and light. That's He exposed people, and yet he did it with light. His very character. Remember how we read here in 2 Corinthians 3? With open face, we behold, we behold the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. There was something about the character of Jesus that somehow just emitted light. It was not just a reflective kind of thing. Now, there, there are certain things that, that we deal with today that, you know, we know what light does. Okay? Now, um, is this a light? Is this a light? Are you awake enough to answer me? Is this a light? No. Okay. Does it... What happens when light shines on it? Okay. All right. Now, I'll try and not hit anybody's eyes with this. Okay. This is intensely bright. Trust me. Okay. Now. Now, this, this in one sense, emits light. Right? Turn the lights off, please. Okay. Now you can see the effect of it a lot more. Okay? Alright. So it's like, if I want to, like with this light, okay, if I then want to give off light, I have to have a source within me, right? If I want to give light, I have to have that source. Even as this light has the energy inside of it. Okay? I want coming back to our theme verse again, but we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed. And when I am changed by the glory of God, I emit light. Right? And there is a glory. There is a glory within me. That causes me to emit. Okay? There is light there. Now, in the Old Covenant, okay, Moses, okay, kind of bright, okay, so his face was glowing because he had been in the presence of light, right? Okay. But he did not have that light within, and so when he was outside of the presence of light, then that meant that he could not glow anymore. Okay? And so as I am in the presence of God, by his Spirit, through his Son, you can turn the lights on again. Now, obviously, this will break down. I, 
you know, that it has a, the source, source within itself. And I know that the battery wears down. I have to recharge it. I understand that. So don't argue with me about that. Okay. All right. And so when Jesus came, he was that light. And he opened up that way. Jesus said to himself, I am the light of the world. There was a glory. There was a glory about the Son of God when he was on earth that not only attracted attention, but it drew people to him. Okay? Now it seemed, it seemed at the crucifixion, it seemed like at the crucifixion that that lightness snuffed out. I suppose that some people interpreted it that way. But when Jesus resurrected from the dead, what is the description? What is the description of what that looked like at the tomb when Jesus rose from the dead? What was it? Light. Light. Glory. Like Brother Eli Yutsi used to say, glory. And so that, that, that light, Jesus is the light now. Because He rose from the dead, tremendous power and glory was exp- expressed there. It's, it's, we have the opportunity to express that light because God, through His Son, gives us light that helps us to glow with the glory of God. The glory of God. Did you notice? I'm going back to I'm sorry if this seems a little scattered. I tell you, it's just harder for me to keep things together. But anyhow, I'm going to keep going. Going back to Second Corinthians 3 again. One of the verses that I noted for you is verse 6. God has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ when His glory is in my life I will express that glory I will live in that light and that glory is expressed in the way I conduct my life glory God is the God of glory God is a God of light. And I am amazed. I am amazed that God has designed us to be able to have that power of glory, light and glory within us that we can express in our walk and by the things that we say, we can express, express the glory of God in my conduct, 
It's not just the light in my face. It's the conduct that I exude. How I live. That's the expression of the glory of God because the glory of God is in me. God dwells within me by His Spirit. Gives me life and light. That's glory. And anything that we can do to bring glory to His name is only because that glory, that light, that life is within me. Would you kneel to pray, please? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we again thank You for who You are and for what You continue to do for us. Thank You, Lord, for light, for life, for glory. And Lord, help us to exude that glory, that life, that light as You dwell within us. Thank You for that privilege, that opportunity. And I pray that the things that we have looked at from Your Word this morning would just continue to penetrate our hearts. Help us, Lord, never to do anything, allow anything in our lives that would cause that glory to be dimmed. It's like a veil over that glory. Lord, help us to be faithful in our walk with You to bring glory and praise to Your name. We pray in the name of Christ. Amen.